Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about set rep schemes in the rehab setting. We talk about the SI joint and we talk about becoming a specialist. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show. I'm up here at Champion PT and Performance in Boston. I'm up here with Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto. All the therapists here at Champion PT and Performance, we're here answering your questions. Bunch of great questions. I feel like the last like big slew, the last month or two, there's been some really good questions. So you guys are good. Lots of repeat ones from some frequent uh, listeners or watchers or whatever you, you do with this. Uh, but awesome stuff. So big student crew here today for the summer here at Champion. So um, lots of people to introduce. But... Matt Kelly from Dalhousie University in Nova, in Nova Scotia. Sorry. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Travis. <laughs> Travis Stepp from the University of Kentucky and Lexi Malone from Simmons College in uh, in Boston. So it's very good. I, college universities get me every episode. They're changing. Uh, so we need to just... I, right, they change, Bentley right? used to be Bentley College. I know. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to put something up right there. Let's list everybody there. Anyway, awesome question. Who started up? Travis? Yep. Cal from San Diego. Cal? Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Kyle. Sorry. Kyle. Sorry. Kyle. Kyle from Kyle. San Diego. Kyle. <laughs> Dear Mike, I am currently at DPT school. I have a stronger background in strength conditioning. It is my understanding that a very rough way to break down repetition ranges and associated intensities is to say low reps for strength and power, mid reps for hypertrophy, and high reps for endurance. When rehabbing an athlete, when do you start to break down your program into these repetition schemes? I like that. Great question, actually. So set rep schemes and what that means in terms of like different qualities of what you're producing. Uh, Mike, why don't you start? So Mike, Mike's obviously recent grad PT, but strength and conditioning background as well. Uh, so I know you get those concepts. What are they teaching in school about that? That's what I'm kind of curious from your perspective. Uh, not a whole lot. We learned basically you know, what Kyle said in the question, uh, lower reps for power and strength building, and then higher reps for endurance. Um, I took a sports conditioning class, which basically just goes through the um, CSCS textbook, and oh, wow. there wasn't a whole lot more than than that in there. Than the I don't think so. I think it's not covered um, very well, and most of the stuff I learned, I learned from the strength coaches here and talking with you guys. I think. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's definitely more of a strength and conditioning thing, but that, that's so maybe there's a big hole right there. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot in some of our stuff, but it's like you know the you know how do how do you do that in the rehab world? What do you think, Dan? Well, I think um, I would say you want to get back to that as soon as possible. Because <clears throat> I think we do periodization programming of all of our rehab, too. So it's not just getting back to strength and conditioning. Our rehab is periodized. We program all that stuff. I just think the issue now is someone has pain. So for the athlete that's trying to get back to a sport, I want to try to get them to do as much as they can to maintain every attribute they do have for their sport while they actually have the injury with modifications so their pain levels are going down, down, down. And as soon as you can get to the point where you start ramping back up again, I would start, right? Um, so a lot of times we have these very specific guidelines on when you can start to introduce certain movements. 
Honestly, I tell people, we won't get you back as soon as you can. Let's go into this session um, thinking to be cautious, but don't stop at a certain point just because. Uh, we want to make sure that we're progressing as fast as we can back to um, the person's ability based on the assessment and the actual injury they do have. Yeah, so. makes sense. Dave, what, what kind of set rep schemes do you use in rehab? I know we all use it in strength, but what do you use in rehab? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I agree with Dan. I think there's there's two layers you have to consider when like your reps are set. So one is the time of the rehab, like Dan said, on periodization, like obviously you're gonna like strength-based and you weight, but also is the time of the athletes in season. I think you have to really consider their sport, their competitive periodized season. If, if someone comes to me and they're in the middle of their season getting ready for the biggest meet of the competition season, they're not gonna like take a big month block and try to build strength. I just got to kind of get them wherever. So, so what does that mean for sets reps? So I think that like a lower amount of volume and somebody at a, at a maintaining their level of intensity and not kind of spiking too high or too low would be three to I don't know three to four sets of eight to twelve for strength. And like if you're someone's more power athlete, I might go under like three sets with a longer rest interval of like you know ten to twenty second bursts. If someone's a longer season athlete like soccer, it might be time domain. It might not be sets reps at all. It might be under a time window of like a one to one ratio for aerobic capacity. It might be like a one to four for higher elastic bouts. It really is, it's it's what they want to do. If they're an Olympic lifter, it's completely different than someone's a soccer athlete. So so good point. I, so I, I think you know t- taking a big step back with the question, I think say like I, I started this like a couple of years ago. I kind of started spewing this on. Is that a word? Spew 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 spew. Yeah. I kind of said it a little weird. Spew. Start spewing this on uh, on social media a little bit, just like the whole like. There's more than three sets of ten for physical therapists because we see people that literally are just doing three sets of ten for six months after like ACL reconstruction when they come to work with us in the gym and and we're you know we're we're blown away by that. I I think the concept of two to three sets of ten in rehab is so popular because the ten is like a nice generic set rep scheme that gets a lot of qualities. It gets strength. It gets it gets you know returning you know the muscle back with some hypertrophy a little bit of endurance i mean it's a it's kind of a good mid-range right so it's popular for that but remember the difference like dan said is that pain you can't load the maximally yeah so you doing sets of five in that environment you're you're not loading them enough to get a benefit of five so you need those more reps and then you, you you might not be able to do 15 20 reps or something like that because you might start irritating some of the tissue again with like too much rep in there so i think that's why pt's three sets of 10 but we talked about a lot of different set rep schemes with these guys here and these these concepts there it's there's a lot out there it's about when to transition and that comes with loading so it's not it's not you can linear load for months and months and months and probably be super successful with three sets of 10 but i think the best approach what we take a champion with our guys is that we add kind of a dual type periodization program where we'll do compound exercises that might be at one set rep scheme but then we do other accessory exercises that might be at another one mm-hmm. right so you know we'll kind of put those 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 two together but at first we're three sets of ten because you kind of have to be to get a treatment stimulus and you can mix so. them too you can have someone power three by five and someone does a super set in between which is more 12 15 for smaller muscles yeah that. mix it i think that's the way to go i mean with, with most everything so tons of periodization out there i i i want you to explore that we talk about that in some of our our educational programs on the champion website where we where we talk about our systems where it's about these advanced uh set rep schemes but you know th- that concept's there i guess so uh, it's good that you're thinking that, but uh, you know, you know, just it, it's it's all about the load. I would say once the load can go higher, you can manipulate the set rep schemes. So nice. What do we got, Matt? All right, uh, Tyler from Maryland says, "Hey guys, love the podcast and I'm a frequent follower. Throughout my career interaction, I've discussed the topic of SI dysfunction and malalignment. Many PTs differ in opinions on SI dysfunction and malalignment, and many doctors, especially, note that SI issues do not exist." Through my research, I found correlation with SI dysfunction, 
alignment issues, and instability. What are your thoughts on the prevalence and reality of this diagnosis, and how would you treat it? I, a great question on SI. It's funny, like, there's a few diagnoses or whatever out there where you literally have some people that say it exists and some people say it doesn't even exist. Like, that's pretty crazy, like, variety of opinions, right? Like, to say, like, something doesn't even exist. No such thing as a cup tear. You know, yeah, right, you know, it's like, it's it's super interesting. And I, I see, I mean, uh, I mean, who knows, maybe these things are just overdiagnosed at one point in time, so then people start saying we're overdiagnosing, but to say it never exists is such an aggressive stand. Mike, what are they teaching you about SI joints right now? Um, again, pretty minimal. Uh, we learned a couple special tests, a um, couple joint moves for the SI joint, um, do they talk about the prevalence? Do they talk about does it exist? You know, I, I think my professor that taught our uh, our spine class basically um, was big. She was a big manual therapist, and I think maybe um, she had a bias towards believing that SI joint pain was the cause of a lot of low back pain. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's kind of how we were taught. Yeah, I feel like so that's popular. Really sure, that was depends on the population you're seeing. You're yeah. Seeing, uh, yeah. The, you right. know, female type. Uh, pregnancy, you know, pregnancy type stuff, yeah. then maybe. Yeah. Right. It yeah. seems like there's not a lot happening I, at the SI joint, right? I, I, I mean, feel like a lot of people started saying, like, well, I mean, the SI, look, it's so rigid. Look at how, how congruent the joint is. Look right. at how, like, tucked in it is right there. And that makes sense when you hold up just the model from the ground. That actually makes perfect sense. But then the second you just you rotate your pelvic bones, which are not completely, you know, rigid, you know, they're not fixated. The second you do that, you see how like a a sacrum can actually like torque a little bit. It it makes sense to me that something could be there. I'll say I've personally had SI pain. I really think I did. I didn't know what else it was. And it's very characteristic with how it feels and where it feels. Um, And I actually had an MRI and I had a bunch of inflammation on my SI joint. I have no idea why, like, you know, and, and just went away on its own. But so I think it exists. I just, you know, perhaps like everybody just likes to say that. But Dan, what do you think in your experience? Well, I guess like <clears throat> SI stuff with the kind of the advent of pain science, the idea of what the SI does, how everyone has different positioning, the validity of testing these landmarks and trying to figure out their SI problem. Um, we've kind of thrown the baby out of the bathwater, at least a little bit. I think we've kind of decided, okay, SI joint is not important whatsoever. Probably is a bit important, you know. Whether or not getting a rotation back to alignment is that important, I'm not sure. I think the issue comes where people think about this alignment problem they have and follows them through the rest of their life and always feel like they're out of alignment, you know? Right. So one of the things I try to do is just try to educate people. I'll treat an SI joint if I feel like it is something that's limiting someone. A lot of times they'll feel better afterwards. But let's try to educate them and say it's okay if you're not in complete perfect alignment. If this, you know, it's not like it falls out and you're going to have pain for the rest of your life. Um, so it's, I think it exists. I'm not an expert on it. Um, but the other part is that I feel like we can't just say it's not a problem right. whatsoever. And I don't think we'd ever treat just the SI right. joint. You're going right. to treat the pelvis. You're going to treat the, the hips. You're going to treat the lumbar spine and thoracic spine. You know, so yeah. I don't know. I'll just throw on that I, I did spend a lot of time going through like very specific, like right on left, left on right torsions in the outlook. I thought that was a big part of my teaching when I was younger. And I just don't trust my hands to assess it, to be honest. Like I think the research is pretty well provided. Like it's really hard to detect. So if it is changing, but my personal thoughts is that the SI is a huge amount of force transmission and there's massive ligaments and soft tissue and a lot of force that goes through your glute to your low back. And I see a lot of people who have SI pain like in that area, but I think it's much more soft tissue, like, you know, huge muscles attached from your paraspinals, your QL dips down there, your higher glute, like there's a lot of stuff going on. So I think SI area, yes, but like torsions and malalignments, I don't know if I... But I say I treat a lot of soft tissue there. I've, I've seen someone who uh, subluxed their SI joint on a sled. They went up on a sled and landed and, like, actually dislocated their SI joint. And they were in a wheelchair. So, 
get an X-ray of that? Uh, no. Kind of want an X-ray of that. Mm. It was crazy. That'd be crazy. That's yeah. She was she was sitting in two person sled and the person landed on top of her. Like they but I think that it shows you that's what it takes. You need high force, high yeah. energy force to do something yeah. substantial to the SI joint. That's the And so I think <laughs> one in a million. <laughs> and I think a similar approach is Dave. If there is, you know, the, the, I think the pain source is probably going to be more soft tissue related. And uh, just kind of dive into that and just reassure him, like Dan said, and just load them. You know, to me, it's just getting them comfortable and loading them. Yeah, I mean, our treatment system and philosophy here is that we always we always care about your symptoms and that, but like we're looking at you more holistically and how well you move and, right. and just the rest of your body. So, I mean, I, I think it's silly to say you can't get symptoms from your SI joint. I think that's crazy. Right. But I think Dan's right. I mean, I also don't think people's SI joints are going out. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of challenging, <laughs> you know, to do. We got one more. Lex, what do we got? Jordana from Tel Aviv. Greetings. I'm wondering. What are the thoughts on specialists versus generalists? I work in a school facility with students, general students, student athletes, and teachers. Obviously, their needs are quite different. Should I focus my energy on being an expert with athletes and give a cookie-cutter workout to the rest? Gracias. Uh, gracias. Uh, gracias. De nada. Um, so... The, the part of that question that got me is should I focus on yeah. uh, focus on the athletes and do cookie cutter for everybody else I hate to be working out there uh, um, I, I, I'm a fan of specialization and I think we're actually building a bit of that model here at Champion where we want specialization um, physical therapy is a really big and, and strength and conditioning and personal training that's a big field right it's really hard to be good at everything um, I think you should be adequate I think you know especially that model it's pretty pretty easy easy to say you can write a good program for a general pop client you know but but I, I see how you want to specialize in athletes so I, I would just say I'm very pro specialization I want to be really really good at one thing instead of vanilla at everything yeah I think that there's two layers to it I think that you can focus on a certain area like you with baseball you with gymnastics but I think that the best mentors like I think you guys included have an open mind about learning kind of all fields within that you know what I mean like it's not like you're only working with baseball players and listen to one or two people I think some of the most innovative people grab information from the, like the next ring of fields around them and put it into their sport into, like I did that with gymnastics in the shoulder with you guys like I got a lot of information from baseball and I just kind of translated it to CrossFit gymnastics or whatever and I know people have done that for other running sports taken it from the running research and put it into soccer so I think you can specialize but I think if you keep too narrow of a mind on just your sport, you're, you get blinders on and you lose a lot. So just a little devil's advocate. Uh, Mike, you're generalized, right? You just graduated with a PT degree and that's the, designed to make you generalized. What, what, what are your thoughts on specialization at this point in your career? Well, a couple couple weeks ago, I was just studying you know, neurocardiopulmonary and uh, very, very broad, but not very deep in knowledge base. And uh, since I've passed forwards, thankfully, I was super excited to like dive headfirst into orthopedic injuries and stuff that we're going to see here. So, I mean, I think it's super important to stay. Um, you have to determine what kind of population you're primarily seeing here. We see a lot of athletes and then kind of go into the research uh, on that. I think what we learn in school and the board exam only covers, you know, about 5%, if probably less of what you need to know to work with these people that we see here. So it's up to you to kind of dig dig deeper and, and learn from everywhere that you can. And I think that's a good way of saying it too. Like, you know, dig deeper on that. I would just throw in one other thing too, is that uh, I, I totally encourage you to work on what's what's passionate to you, right? It's just, it makes life and your career more fun and stuff. So, 
Um, awesome. Anyway, great episode. Good questions as always. Head to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link and ask us some questions. We get a form there you can fill out. We'll answer anything you guys want to talk about. Head over to iTunes. Please subscribe, rate, review, anything else you can do. And uh, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. We'll see you next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.